Sessions on 16 as a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.
Thank you. That was fun. Mm -hmm. That song is called Crazy by CeeLo Green. Yeah, everybody heard of it? Yeah, right? When I wrote that song. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Sessions on 16 podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tim Scott. Today is, is special. I have with me today a legend, a mentor, just an overall just problem. Everybody who hears his name already knows what's up. Uh, I have the legendary Eric Bryce in the building today. Hey, man. That's why, why I got to be a problem, though, because, man? Because you are. I'm a problem. Okay. <laughs> you are. Right. Everybody know that. All right. What's going on with you, Uncle? Uh, nothing much, man. Just hanging out. Happy to be here. Yeah, that's what's up. We just came through a trying time with this pandemic, and mm. we made it through. Every day it's a good day mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. then. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm personally, I'm looking forward to this one because um, obviously um, you've been a mentor to me. You've been a leader for me. You've been uh, a source of great advice, a source of great encouragement, and some of in some not great moments um you've been uh encouragement for for me in some amazing moments as well um but part of what this is all about is giving people on the outside looking in an opportunity to get to know the people who we are asking them to support by what we do here with music everywhere and mm -hmm. um, with charlotte shout and just trying to help build relationships between artists and audiences because you've been doing this a long time so you already know it's it's a much different relationship when people come to see you play and they love what you do and they want to show up the next time you go and play but that's really all that they have of you right. you know what i'm saying all they have is that 45 minutes or that 60 minutes or that 90 minutes that you on stage and they got to take that home and hang on to that until the next time um and when we started this Music Everywhere work, one of the things that we identified with Charlotte audiences in particular, you know, one of the things that they like in supporting Charlotte artists is feeling like they have something to hold on to. Um, so we want to build up that relationship with them. So Absolutely. for me, this is special because I'm sure I'm probably going to hear some things that I didn't I didn't know. Um, and obviously, you know, the people who have been fans of you and new fans that we're welcoming to, to get a glimpse into who you are and what you do, you know, they'll have something to hold on to you, you know, for, you know, what you do. Okay. So what I, I know this is a loaded question. What's how did how did all this get started for you? Okay, it's, it started very close to where we are. We're downtown Charlotte. I was born in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I was born at Good Samaritan Hospital over here. Uh, uh, it, it actually stood where the Panther Stadium is right now. Uh -huh. And my mom was a she worked she worked at the at the hospital as a nurse. So yeah, I was born there, and. Uh, my dad is from Mount Holly, North Carolina, so I am a native Carol North Carolinian, but I grew up, we moved to Detroit years ago, and I, uh, my dad 
one of the better opportunities, and he moved to Detroit. And I was in Detroit, and that's where <laughs> the music started. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, every, mm-hmm. we have plenty of music there, and uh, that's where I, well, everywhere. I kind of just love music all along. I, they say I loved it here. Mm-hmm. I, I've always loved guitars. That's my thing. I play guitars. Uh, I play a lot. I play bass. I play keys, but I'm not, you know, you call me for bass maybe because I think I'll, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> but uh, guitars is the instrument. Uh, that's the weapon of choice mm. for what we do, for what I do anyways. But I started playing guitar in church, kind of like a lot of other, uh, uh, a lot of people. And I learned uh, it was by ear, and it's kind of unorthodox in the fact that I play right-handed guitars, but I'm a left-handed guy. So I just kind of turned the guitar uh, upside down, and I take off running, and it's it's, it's fairly strange. It's only a few of us, uh, you know, just shout-outs to the Eric Gale, mm-hmm. but he's not the first one. Mm-hmm. Albert King, mm-hmm. great blues master, and Bobby Womack, mm-hmm. the great mm-hmm. blues songwriter, and there's it's a few more around, yeah. but there's some great upside-down left-handed players that uh, that's, that's holding the torch for that. But that's what I do when they, it gives you a different sound. It gives you a certain thing. And, and definitely you have to be a lot, you have to be a little more creative because there are no, there are no books for us. Right. So we, we figured it out. Each one of us, we figured it out ourselves, Mm. how we're going to make it happen that way. And that's what I did, man. Uh, So did you, did you know, so obviously you knew you're left-handed, but did you know there was a such thing as left-handed guitar playing? Like what, when you picked up the guitar for the first time, what was the, what was the inspiration or what was, what sparked the idea? You know, I'm gonna play it this way. Well, I was, <clears throat> I, I always loved uh, guitar. Mm-hmm. I always loved guitars as a little boy, you know, it's like a, almost like a cross between a toy. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, you, I, I didn't know to call it an instrument. I just loved that it made sounds yeah. and I, I like strumming them. And mm-hmm. of course, every little toy guitar that you get, every ukulele that you get, you know, left-handed ukuleles, right, right. left-handed toy guitars. Mm-hmm. So you would just take it and it was just natural for me to strum it. There was, a, uh, I have a, a cousin, uh, I call him my uncle, Jim Hogan, who has another great son, Tootie Hogan, who's also my cousin. He's a major guitar player, James Tootie Hogan in the air. Shout out to both of them. But Uncle Jim was really my, he was my hero, man. He played guitar in church and I was just mimicking him. Mm. You know, he, okay. he had a, yeah, he had a serious thing going on and that's what I wanted to do what he was doing. That's uh, cool. That's cool. Cause yeah. I, so I'm left-handed too. So yeah. I'm always, I'm, I'm always amazed like the older I get when I meet other left-handed drummers who play right-handed mm-hmm. but then obviously you know coming up you meet some left-handed cats who play completely backwards and i'm like i i didn't know it was not, I, I didn't know that was a thing you know thing, what i'm yeah. saying like because you know especially growing up in church playing drums if everybody's just playing on the church's kit if you want a chance yeah you got to get up there and make do with what's what's there because yeah. you don't have time to hold a second like Stop, you know what I'm saying? I gotta stop. Everybody gotta pause. Give me a minute. Let me move. You don't have time for that. Right. Or yeah. it's like, no, nah, I just, you're not gonna play. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. No, nah, that's cool. That's cool. That, uh, I do the Billy Cobb hand. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's amazing. So, you started playing. Was it just like instant, like as far as 
the progress or my my I have an aunt uh, that was around. She's been around all my life, obviously, and she said that I I could develop a sound. She mm-hmm. said I had a sound at the age of three or four. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Because five, six, seven, eight, I was playing marbles, baseball, mm-hmm. tag, right, right. football, <laughs> and it all got away from me. And I came back to guitar maybe about 13, 14 mm-hmm. years old. Although I always loved music, I tried to sing a little bit in between mm-hmm. those years. Anything entertain, mm-hmm. for entertainment-wise, I loved the stage. You know, I loved uh, Temptations like everybody mm-hmm. else. I loved mm-hmm. Motown like all like like everybody else and mm-hmm. actually when it came down to it when I really got serious about it, a lot of the Motown cats a lot of those people that make those records uh I learned from those people yeah because I was in Detroit and uh, Kim Weston uh she took a lot of us she was a uh Motown artist and she had a uh, she had a program cl- close to like what you have at Northwest School of the Arts, mm-hmm. but we did it, and it was a job, and mm. they paid us to learn the business. That's crazy. And learn the music. That's crazy. It was real crazy from pros. And it's it's funny. So like, I always wonder like what that had to be like growing up in Detroit and growing up learning music and learning how to play and developing your craft as a musician in Detroit, not just in Detroit, but in Detroit at the time when all the stuff is actually happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, being in Buffalo, like we hear about, you know, Detroit cats all the time. I was almost born, you know, like in Battle Creek almost right before my parents said, nah, never mind. Um, And went back to Buffalo. But, so we hear about the Detroit cast and all the cast that I grew up under were still coming back and forth to Detroit anyway because right. that's where all their work was. Um, if it was if it wasn't in Detroit, it was in the city. So right. um, I've always wondered like how crazy it was to be coming up in music in Detroit at at a time when Detroit is still sitting on top of everything. It was crazy. It was it was real crazy because you know literally on the streets you could you could run into, you know I guess a lot of guys. I I come from high school. Mm-hmm. I got into it uh, in terms of saying I could do this for a living. I was able to sit under a lot of the guys that play for a group called the Dramatics, mm-hmm. big group out of Detroit, mm-hmm. Michigan. And those guys I all came from my high school. And my high, my high school, my last year of high school in Detroit, Mumford High School was the craziest thing in the world because that's where the Clark sisters went, Twinkie, Dorinda, and Jackie, and that's where the Winans went, Marvin and his brothers. And the year that I came out of school, me, uh, Fred Hammond, mm-hmm. Mitchell Jones from Commission, Daniel Winans. Mm-hmm. A lot of us were in school at the same time at the same high school. In addition to there was a guy, Robert Boone, who was an amazing percussionist, who turned me on to the dramatic guys. And that's how I saw how to make I, – I learned from those guys how to make records. Mm-hmm. I learned what to play, what not to play, how to behave, how to, you know, uh, just stay in the room, so mm-hmm. to speak. And that's that was a good thing. But at any given point, if you're at the studio, at any given point, if you're if you're privileged enough to go, because it was a privilege, right? At any given point, any of P Funk could walk through mm-hmm. the door, George Clinton could mm-hmm. walk through the door, Bootsy could walk mm-hmm. through the door, or James Cleveland could walk through the door. 
or ran silent. Mm-hmm. It was it was just crazy like that. And everybody, I mean, you know, within a four block radius, you may have twenty or thirty musicians, mm-hmm. and still not yet know all of them. Right, right. That's the and that's the other thing is like, because again, you're not just in Detroit and it's just one thing going on. Like you got all the Motown cats and before you know before the Motown situation all the Funk Brothers were like super super serious jazz musicians yeah that's right that's right you got you know the 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 wave of gospel music and gospel you know Detroit is now taking over gospel music and yeah like you got the Winans and Clark Sisters and Commissioned and you know like all these like just crazy groups like what was it like being at the center of all that stuff because you know like you hear growing up in church like depending on where you lived you couldn't always mix and you couldn't always rock with everybody and you couldn't always learn from everybody you couldn't always mm-hmm. be influenced by everybody cuz it was frowned upon but i feel like detroit is one of those places i i feel like buffalo is one of those places too but i feel like detroit is definitely like one of those places where it's it was encouraged for you to kind of learn from everybody and everything that's going on like how was that intersection well you know what you better because <laughs> Uh, Detroit will boo you. They, you know, if they say, you know, if you can make it in Detroit, you can make it anywhere, and that's that's quite true. If you look at the industry, most guys that you meet coming from from Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. they can handle anything. You got the Byron Millers of the world, mm-hmm. Greg Filling Games, mm-hmm. Ricky Lawson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, it's some real players: Kern Brantley, mm-hmm. Val Brantley, mm-hmm. Keith John. I could I could keep naming. Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. I could keep on naming them. Eric Bryce, yeah, you know? Ray Parker <laughs> Jr. You know, yeah. when you when you got these guys in front of you, you know, Detroit had a standard. They mm-hmm. had a standard at the club, and they had a standard at church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had to jam here, and you had to jam over there. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't good, we have no problem telling you <laughs> that you're not that good. Baby, you need to go work on it. That's Detroit. That's a, like, they don't have to play. They don't have to be musicians. They can say, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what was wrong, man. Y'all didn't have it right, man, but y'all need to go back to the basement with that. Go to the garage for it. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've literally I've played some shows where man the club owner just came in the middle of the song and said just stop. <laughs> he just said stop. I man, you running my crowd out of here. Yikes! And we were yeah we and we were yeah yeah we just you just run the crowd out of here get on out of here man. Mm. Dude, he's like okay we're cool can we get our money money? <laughs> I'm losing money guys, I'm losing money. And this particular one day the guy says uh. He said, man, I, I'm just asking you to leave nicely. <laughs> and these dudes, you know, it was I wasn't the hit front guy, but I felt bad for my front guys. They was like, well, yo, man, we got this band, and we need to pay them. And the man pulled out, like, the biggest handgun that oh. I ever saw. He just sat it on the bar. He said, man, <laughs> you got 20 minutes to pack that crap up and get it out of here right now before I go and do something that I don't want to do. You young fellas, Yo. you weren't that good. You were, matter of fact, you were terrible. Oh, man. And you need to go work on that stuff. But I'm not paying you for running people out of my business. So that's that's Detroit, Michigan, for all you that need that need to know. 
you know, in a church setting, they just all look around and they Man. just they Oof. just get up and walk out, go to the vestibule, the mm. bathroom. You end up looking and you're singing this empty seats, and they don't tell you you're terrible. Mm. They just they just show you. Yeah, we're not gonna sit here and listen to you. Yeah, and you don't have to when it's Aretha Franklin over there. Mm-hmm. You know, Vanessa Bell Armstrong over here, Maddie Moss Clark mm. over here, mm. Reverend Charles Nix. There was it's a swag. Mm-hmm. It was a swag, so I kind of, I learned that I didn't like, I didn't like to, to not smash. Yeah. In other words, I, I love to win every time, and that's that's been a takeaway from, from the city of Detroit. I call it the edge. Absolutely. It's just the edge. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but shout out, shout out to the D, the Motor City. That's amazing. But you know what I'm learning? Charlotte. Charlotte is vastly becoming that, mm. and it's and it's and it's, and it's at such a young stage that the city has not even realized mm-hmm. it yet. But there are some amazing players coming out of this city. It's amazing players in the business. That's that's really. I mean, look at the Anthony Hamiltons and mm-hmm. man Fantasia. You know, mm-hmm. you go back to Jodeci, but I mean, you can go all the way back to Maurice Williams. Mm-hmm. They things have been happening around Absolutely. Charlotte for a long time. Absolutely, but I, I like I like how it feels now, it's, it's, and it's only getting better because of cats like yourself mm-hmm. making the folks known. You know, yeah, yeah, you're doing it, man. You're doing the thing.
Okay. Beautiful. People make the world go round. Stylistics is the version I know. That was Eric Bryce's version. <laughs> this whole thing has just really been about trying to help bring awareness here. You know, yeah. like, I remember getting back from college. I went to college in Durham, and I right. moved back in 2009. And I just remember because I was gone, like, consistently the whole time I was in school so I didn't really get a chance to keep up with how things were moving while I was away and then I came back and I just first thing I knew to do is just call all my friends from from high school and then everybody was just doing things you know Adrian Crutchfield mm -hmm. was already doing Young Jeezy at the right. time and you know Harvey Cummins was already on the road and playing for you know doing production for cartoons that mm -hmm. was, people was watching on TV and you know, Chris Key had just got back from you know making the band, and Evan right. was Evan was on the road, and little C.J. Thompson was like all my like my homies were just all like doing stuff. So it was really just a matter of, and we had obviously we had Facebook and all that stuff back then, but it wasn't what it is now. So it was a whole different thing trying to catch up with my friends and be like, hey, 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 I'm I'm back. What's going on? <laughs> I don't right. I don't recognize the city no more. I don't recognize the scene anymore. Like, I, I got to get back into it. And really just kind of being everywhere and just going where everybody said to go. If Chris said we was going somewhere, then that's where I was going to be. If Adrian said he was going somewhere, then that's where I was going to be. If Ryan Saranich or Mike D'Angelo or Stephen Gordon or Ashton Parker, if any mm -hmm. of those cats just said, hey, this is where he was going to be, I was just going to be there. Right. And just having my face everywhere and just meeting all these cats that I hadn't met before or had seen in passing but didn't really know what they was up to, you know, and then, you know, reconnecting with, like, cats like my godfather and Eric Reed and mm -hmm. reconnecting with my godbrothers, Eric, you know, E-Will and Mike, and they had their own thing going on. It's just, it was just so much going on. I was like, I don't remember <laughs> Charlotte having all of this, mm -hmm. you know, and I, Part of that is my own fault because when I first got here, I spent so much time rebelling to get out of here that I never really got a chance to sit down and like really appreciate the city for what it had. And then by the time I did, I really only appreciated it for my school, my church, and my neighborhood. Outside of that, it was like, all right, we got two weeks off from school. Can I go? Can we go back to Buffalo? Can I go to Granny's right. house? Can I, you know, can I go see my family? Can I go see my friends? Can I, you know? Um, so getting back and seeing everything that was here was such an eye-opening experience and being at the playroom and sitting through tour rehearsals and sitting through sessions and seeing all the pictures on the wall, seeing everybody who was coming through, that was like a real light bulb moment. Like, yo, it's it's here. You know what I'm saying? Like everything I'm looking for, everything I've been like chasing after, it's all like I got access to it right here. Right. And just trying to build relationships and once I got to the point to where I stopped thinking about what was in it for me and once I got to a point where I stopped trying to just help myself and I realized I was I was in such a privileged position because I was connected to some amazing people and I could do 10 times more by just helping amazing friends do what they do best by eliminating the stuff that they don't like to do you know what I'm saying <laughs> right I was like, that stuff easy for me. I know how to make phone calls. I know how to have conversations. I know how to tell somebody, and I don't care what you're talking about. I, I need that money. And mm. if not, 
I got some stuff I can do too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, right. it's, it's, it was, it was that type of thing. And just kind of learning how to be that conduit to, to making it easy for cats to just create, making it easy for cats to just be amazing. Um, you know, and that's kind of been like the thing that I've been doing ever since then. And just one thing just kind of led to another. And then seriously partners comes and we start this music everywhere thing. And this what what they wanted to do is easy because I was like, great, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to help. I want to help us win. That's it. So it's been fun. You're so amazing at it, though, man. I, I actually, as you were talking, I had to my mind start reeling back. And when I first saw you and I and I first met you and I and I, I, I don't even know if you know, I didn't know. I knew I didn't know the caliber of musician that you were. Because what you were doing was sim- you were assisting the musician that was playing for me, which mm-hmm. is Chris Gray. Mm-hmm. And I kept looking over there and I kept seeing, can I say the, the band name? I it kept did, seeing yeah, Soul yeah. Future. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're, okay, first of all, I, I made a joke out of it. When you would come to my show, it's like, we're not Soul Fusion. <laughs> but that's, remember, you know, but you would come in faithfully every, we had a show every Monday called, you know, it was the Java Bean experience. Mm-hmm. It's just not the experience and Tim's a big part of it. But you would come in faithfully and supply symbols, make sure the kit was tight. And I kept trying to, I kept saying to myself, what kind of man is this that makes sure that this other guy's gig goes great? And anything that will go wrong, I will always follow you fixing problems. Fix, like just what you said, music problems. I was like, man. And then by the time we started playing, I'm like, you're you going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to become, <laughs> become two people or, you know, because you do both of them equally as yeah. well. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you about this. And CCP, this right here is amazing. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's been a blast. Thank it's you for inviting me, by the way. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like, I'm, again, like, that's what it's all about. And with you being who you are and adding the value that you add, to the city and to the community mm-hmm. and to the scene it only made sense you know what i'm saying especially with like i tell everybody who comes in here is like charlotte shout was such an amazing experience and bringing it back and i don't know if you remember when charlotte shout first started back in the early 2000s and it mm-hmm. was really like at the time it was more so cooking was like the food was the the focal yeah, right. point yeah, absolutely. of what everything was going on like there was music programming and there was art everywhere there was stuff to look at everywhere but like the food was like what people was right coming in you had the food network coming into town and emerald lagasi and all you know like these big you know these big food people was like rushing into town and just making like a big splash here and you know charlotte has a great restaurant scene and a food scene and that culture has benefited very heavily from it but when charlotte shout went away and we brought it back in 2019 we just saw an opportunity especially since we had started this whole music everywhere thing we saw an opportunity to like just put music everywhere everywhere um you know and now being in another year of it and doing 17 days worth of music you really get a chance to sit back and be like man we really we put all these people in all these different places and program all these stage stages for all these days in a row and we still didn't even put a dent in everybody who we could have called we still didn't right. put a dent in everybody who could have performed and everybody who could have you know and 
that's what we wanted to use this for an opportunity to kind of close that gap mm-hmm. and you know have featured both people who have been a part of shout and who haven't been a part of shout mm-hmm. people who the shout audience has seen and heard and people who the shout audience hasn't seen and heard and sometimes it's oh well we heard you but you were singing background or you, we heard you but you was playing for somebody else so you know it's still all those iterations of you know oh well this person also does and this person also does and this all person's always over here and this person's also over here and we're just really trying to help close that gap and continue to help tell that story and again with everything that you've been doing mm-hmm. not just here but just period you know like you got a crazy resume <laughs> you know what i'm saying a crazy resume you know what i mean um so like even on that like when you started traveling like when this took you out of detroit and on the road like how did that get started for you Whew, okay so <laughs> Uh, I actually I have a crazy uh, Detroit Carolina connect. Mm-hmm. So I told you about my cousin uh, James Tootie Hogan. James Tootie Hogan, it was amazing guitar player. He's still he's still around. And he can still play. He played for uh, this was my cousin. I grew up looking at this guy, and he was playing with a band called Chairman of the Board. Uh, Word, was, okay. Years ago, I'm talking the '70s, wow. or the late '70s, early '80s, and man, and and uh, you know, the next thing I know, I start hearing uh, "Dream Come True," mm-hmm. "Dream Come True," "Dream Come True." He landed a gig with Roberta Flack, mm-hmm. who's also a Carolinian. He started playing like at a heyday, Roberta Flack right. time, and then he left and he did that and things kept going kept going and he ended up in detroit one of the guys with chairman of the board uh he had a sister with a band called one way and one way was a huge band in in the r&b scene but she did a record her name was alicia myers she did a record called uh if you play your cards right and i want to thank you big hit hit real fast mm-hmm. and my cousin uh his her brother was in the same band, chairman of the board. Him, the drummer, and the, uh, the bass player, they all left and came to Detroit to help her launch her tour. But my cousin, Detroit didn't work well for him, so he <laughs> left. And they put that's how I got in with them. But Word. prior to getting in with uh, with uh, Alicia, that was the beginning of my R&B secular side on a, from a pro standpoint. Mm-hmm. That was my first pro gig but uh gospel i started with the uh the late great thomas whitfield Mm -hmm. and rudy stanfield Mm -hmm. and from there i moved over with the clark sisters and i told you i was in high school Mm -hmm. with fred Mm -hmm. and uh so uh fred and myself fred plays amazing bass we played with uh bb and cc who the detroit Mm -hmm. charlotte thing they came down here and did ptl uh huh. They were with PTL, oh, but that was from wow. here. So we had a whole serious thing. But while I was here, I played. When I I used to live here, I went to high school here and lived here, and I had to go to church every Sunday. While I was in my particular church, there was a young man here that I I befriended. We were both musicians in the same uh, organization. His name is Donald Lawrence. <laughs> So I knew Donald at the age of 12, 13 years old. We met each other wow. then. Donald called me later on down the road. He we will follow when because he loves gospel music. When when and when he was in college, 
uh, when I would come through wherever he was, he, you know, I would introduce him to the people that I was working with, which would be the Clark sisters, mm-hmm. Thomas Whitfield, commissioner, whoever. But Donald called me one year to do a secular gig, and he's like, I said, you're going to do it? He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it if you, you know. But I don't know much about bands, so I need I need people that I can trust to do it. And I said, well, okay, who is this? Like, I'm not at liberty to say. I said, man, you got to tell me who it is. <laughs> If you know, he just asked if I wanted to do it. No yeah. audition. No, he already kind of just. But the 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 artist in question was Stephanie Mills. Mm. And from that point on, for about ten years, we ran every year wow. with Stephanie Mills with Donald as the music director. Wow. There I met guys, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Bond came mm-hmm. through with us, and there was some a few more guys from around here. I did that. I left, uh, and I still did commission, and I would do stuff, uh, gospel stuff, when I wasn't doing anything else. Left Detroit um, and relocated back here, and I started working with John P. Key. Mm. Did a couple of nice records for him, and then I did. I wrote a play, A Family Affair. Me and my wife, shout out to Dina Bryce, wherever she may mm-hmm. be. Yeah, uh, but me and Dina did a lot of work together. We also, Donald got me on with uh, Peebo Bryson, and that's where I met Dina. And we did Peebo Bryson for a minute. Pretty much all, you know, they all these artists at the time, I've been fortunate enough, they were all on top of the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The things that were doing well. So I played on some really good records, did some really great tours. And uh, from there, that moved to, I did a little work with Escape and The Brat, dealing with Jermaine Dupree down in Atlanta based on my time with Peebo in Atlanta. Right, right. And then during that time, I was with Sean Pace Rose and the Pace Sisters. Yeah, it, 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 it got to be kind of fun. I, I know a whole lot about Highway 85. <laughs> I know 85 South and 85 North. Yeah, I know all about it, man. But, yeah, I did that kind of – I did the wine as a, mm-hmm. at a certain point. I started running real heavy. Uh, he's a like a brother to me, but he's a, like a legend in his own right. Lenar Kern Brantley, mm-hmm. and Kern would turn me on to a whole lot of other Man. things. So I played for the winers with him, with Ledge, which, which led to doing things. I've done shows with uh, Take Six. With BB and CC, you mm-hmm. got to know that Whitney loved mm-hmm. her, them. So I've been on the stage with Whitney, mm. Stevie, Wonder, uh, and it, it, it's it's still going, man. Uh, because that was, you know, that's 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 a lot of my youthful things. That's I left insane. there and I went back and I did Fred as a solo artist, and I'm just gonna keep going. I left him. Yeah. And went with <laughs> Whitney. I, I left him and I joined Israel and New Breed, mm-hmm. and uh, and ran with them. One of the best records. I'm like really proud of Live in South mm-hmm. Africa. Uh, which won a Grammy. Still got it on DVD. Yeah, uh, yeah right, man. I was getting down. Uh, uh, Marvin Sapp, of mm-hmm. course. He was my little brother from Commission. Mm-hmm. And then right. came back and did a record that was nominated for a Grammy. He didn't win that year, but he did win one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after I left uh, uh, Israel, I got a call from a great buddy of mine, Andrew Goucher, back mm-hmm. from the gospel days. And Andrew asked me, if I would uh, like to join him with Shaka Khan, so I no no audition, none of that stuff. I just learned the show, and then when he threw me in. I didn't even not even in sound check, no rehearsal. Play the show, and I played the show. I played that show for about four or five years. 
Yeah. And God's been faithful. I mean, and, and now it's like through, uh, I have a, my, my daughter, Erica, she's a great musician and her singer. Evan <laughs> Bryce, my son, he's, he's crazy. And through him, he's an amazing musician. Through him, I've, I've, uh, and I've learned a lot from the young cats. E will mm-hmm. I met E will and that's your Buffalo guy. Absolutely, yeah. You know, y'all Absolutely. got all that Rick James stuff <laughs> yeah. going on. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm cool with y'all too. Yeah, but he, uh, uh, just this year, I, I hung out with E will and he, he, uh, he, he. I was humbled to work with Fantasia mm-hmm. and Tevin Campbell mm-hmm. and Tyler Perry. Too. It does not stop. Life yeah. moves at the speed of what yeah. relationships. Absolutely. And uh, that's what it's been, and God's been faithful. Uh, more than anything, I figured out that man, it's not, it's, not, it's not about our own doing. Mm-hmm. It's you know the journey has already been set. Absolutely. I'm just, I just want to say, I'm thankful for being able to make it through the past three years mm-hmm. through the pandemic. I don't know how, I and I'm sure you don't know how mm-hmm. you didn't. Your number wasn't called. A lot mm-hmm. of people that were with me ten years ago, I I buried a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm I'm grateful and I'm humble and I'm honored to be having this absolutely, uh, absolutely. conversation with you. So in in everything that you've been doing, you know, with other artists and you know, in all the relationships that you've built, what um what are some of the projects that you're doing now here, like you know, that are your because um, you know you you have an amazing an amazing. Uh, uh, you've you're an anchor here in the community. You know what I'm saying yeah. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who I've come into relationship with over you know the past 13 years here, who you know all come from what we call the the Eric Bryce School. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what's the Eric Bryce School? Eric Bryce school? school. That's you know that's you you get you get thrown in and and you know. You know, you hear about like old old fathers who like teach their kids how to swim by like throwing them into the lake. That's that's the Eric Bright school. Just on, <laughs> it's on stage though, you know. And it, it could be in the middle of a Herbie Hancock song. It could be in the middle of a Donnie McClurkin song. It can be in the middle of a song uh, that's being made up in that moment. But you know what I'm saying? You just <laughs> you get thrown into it, and and, and you got to swim. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm I'm fortunate to have come out of that, and but it's a lot of us who've come through that school, yeah. um, you know, across the board, singers, musicians, um, people who are working in production now, people who are working in audio now, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who are just doing backline. I remember the the place I saw Paul Whitley the most was at the Experience. Yeah, I remember you know OGs like. Uh, like Sam Obi, so seeing him at the experience mm-hmm. all the time. I remember, obviously, me and Evan would be at the experience all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you brought up Chris Gray, like that was just mm-hmm. me and Chris. Were like that was just that was my man, just because he is so cold. Yeah. And when I would like go, would I be on the road, or when I be going somewhere, talking about drummers, and I say his name, and people, some people had heard of him, some people hadn't. He was just like. That was my man, but like outside of like our circle, he was just that this mysterious figure. Mm-hmm. Like I remember people telling me like they didn't even know he talked. I'm like, Chris talk a lot, <laughs> right? A whole lot, you know what I'm saying? But 
just people didn't know. And that was like my main thing. It was like I want everybody to know about my homie who can blaze whoever you put up. <laughs> you right, right. And we've had, you know, when, I'm not going to say any names, but we've had a couple cats come through the city with some big names. And say what you don't want to do is let him on the stage before or after you. Or no matter. And they made yeah. that mistake. And, yeah, people still talking about it to this day. So oh, um, I'm not going to do who, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I've, I've seen Chris humble many people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, But, like I said, that was just my boy. And I was like, I want to do whatever you got. So where you got to go? All right, cool. We'll jump in my car. Mm-hmm. We'll use my drums. We'll use my cymbals, whatever. Like, just as I, and I'm gonna record. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I'm gonna record. I'm gonna put it up, and I make sure I can't see it. And that was just that whole thing. But again, you know, another. It was a product of the Eric Bryce school. So, mm-hmm. all that to say, like you've you've touched, you know, you and you know Miss Dina have touched and inspired and taught generations of musicians and artists and singers and background singers and. You know, I've watched people jump on stage and like get, you know, jump in the background singing situations and stuff like that. I remember people who people talking to me like, yo, how do I, you know, I want to I want to sing like that or like I don't never get those type of options. Well, come to the experience. You know, it's like, right. Come, you know, and you got to meet, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. get in there so they know that what you do. But when they call you, just make sure you do it. <laughs> right. You better <laughs> you know do what I'm saying? And if you don't do well, don't tell them that I brought you. Just don't, right, mess, right. Don't, mess with, don't mess up what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's a lot of us. So in in talking about that, what what are some of the things that, that you're working on here that you know that are close to your heart that you're uh that you're building here? Wow, that's good. I uh first of all I have uh, just by sub- the law of supply and demand, uh, the Eric Bryce group, which mm-hmm. is which is a group that I, I I work around the city with and and uh, share with the people of Charlotte, mm-hmm. playing music that I like. That same said group uh, working on some original stuff. Now you got to understand the Eric Bryce group is kind of like P Funk mm-hmm. and the fact that. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's interchangeable, yeah. kind of like Oshkosh, Garanimals, or Legos. <laughs> and you could, you could swap any 20, 30 people mm-hmm. within the group, within the city into that group, and we'll never miss a beat. Absolutely. So I have the Eric Bryce group, and I have some music that I want to put out for that. And uh, my biggest thing right now is I uh, am uh, a partner in an event center called The Living Room. The living room is an event center, and it's 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 a a venue that seats uh, about a hundred. I could probably do we could probably do one hundred and fifty, but it's set up for music. It's set up for uh, rentals, uh, for concerts. Uh, we and it, it supplies the community as well mm-hmm. because we do graduation parties, mm-hmm. birthday parties. Uh, we've even done memorial services. Mm-hmm. We've even done weddings. Mm-hmm. But we had right in Mount Holly. If you really want to know where it is, you can look. You can find it on Facebook or you can find it on Instagram. It's called the Living Room NC. <clears throat> That's what I've been doing, and I spent a lot of time doing that, learning a lot about backline. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about lights. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot about booking. I'm promoting. I'm doing shows there. I do a whole whole lot of uh, 
music that it's not on the radio right now, but I'm sure that people want to hear it. Like Labor Day's uh, September the 5th, we'll be doing a Frankie Beverly and Mays tribute. Yeah. Up until this point, and I use always, again, it's, 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 it's like Garanimals. I'm using different people most of the time, mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, but I've all, I've already done an Aretha Franklin show. Mm -hmm. I've already done an OJ show. Tim, I got you slated to do this Whisper show Ooh. with me, and, uh, like and this Al Green show. So, yes. yeah, I got we're doing a lot of that, and also we're getting ready to slate some comic shows, some comedy shows, mm -hmm. some spoken word shows, and then the experience. The experience is is my. <coughs> do good or give back thing my god thing we know we're not trying to make a whole lot of money off of it but that 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 uh that that actual event is geared around uh helping people feel good if we can get you three days worth of feeling good you know uh we'll see you in the next week and yeah. we'll do the same thing again we just kind of get you through the week but my my wife kind of spearheads that uh with me is the i'm the i'm the i'm the Beast of bird, and I do all the work, but she kind of she kind of makes it go. She's Absolutely. the motor for that. But that's what we've been doing, man. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, you know, between the experience and the living room, and just you know, just your pre, you know, the Eric Bryce group, and just your presence yeah. um, in the city, I've been extremely impacted by you. You know, when I'm when I'm talking to people about what I do and how I got you know, how I got to where I am, um, you know, you you and your work has always been a part of that story. So I'm wow. appreciative of you. Of you. Um, you. And again, it means a lot to have you here and be a part of this. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I ask everybody before we wrap the podcast is if you had to, because if this whole thing is about building like that connection between art, audience and artists, um, for those who have heard you, those who have seen you, those who have heard of you secondhand from someone who has heard you or seen you, uh, and those who are about to hear about you because of what we're doing here, um, what is it when people think about Eric Bryce as a musician and as a performer what is one thing that you want people to always know? What's a takeaway that you want everybody to have about you and what you do um, just at the mention of your name? I want them to know that I, I do it sincerely for the love of the game. Mm. I, uh, I, I always wanted to be an entertainer, mm -hmm. but I really, really, really love music, and I believe I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, – on the on the from the spiritual perspective, I believe that I'm almost kind of like King David in the fact that I when when David David was a musician first, and when he played, David could play play you out of a a, a dark place. Mm -hmm. He could play a bad spirit mm -hmm. away from you, and I'm just crazy enough to believe that I could do the same thing. So. I believe that my plan could heal you. Mm. I actually believe that I could prophesy to you. I believe that I could say things that you want to say yeah. to the most high, mm -hmm. but you don't have the words to convey it. Mm. And if we kind of partner up, link up in the music, that I could help get you to that space where 
you finally get to say what you mm. want to say, which is kind of a healing. So most times I say I'm trying to heal the world one song at a time. I like it. I like it. That's that's powerful. And uh, like I said, I can absolutely attest to the fact that you've been doing it. So um, we look forward to more. Tell people where they can find you, like online, stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 man. Well, I'm on Facebook. I have the Eric Bryce that's my page. Mm-hmm. And then I have Eric Bryce too. That's another page. <laughs> and then I have the Eric Bryce group. That's a page. <laughs> and then there's the Eric Bryce music. That's another page. Mm-hmm. And if that's not enough, you can go over to the living room mm-hmm. page and Dina will let me know that you, uh, y'all looking for me. <laughs> or you can go to Instagram and I have the Eric Bryce group on Instagram. Awesome. And that's about it. Uh, you know, just Call somebody. Say, you know, Eric Bryce. Just if you call five people, somebody will somebody know get you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. I'm yeah. with it. Well, again, Uncle, I appreciate you coming through and, you, and sitting down with us and sharing your music with everybody. And um, so we will uh, see you next time. Y'all heard where to keep up with them and catch them. Make sure y'all do it um, because, like I said, if you don't already know, mm-hmm. uh, if you hear what's going on, you will be hooked. For real. I can absolutely attest to that. So um, don't too much happen that he's not connected to in some way, shape, form, or another. So make sure y'all tune in, stay up, keep up, and support. And we will see y'all next time. Peace.